through the book of 1 John. Um, if you have not been with us uh, on this journey uh, for very long, welcome to the adventure. That's kind of how we've framed this whole thing. Uh, if you're an Instagrammer or a Twitter person, this is hashtag adventure, right? And uh, this is a big deal to us. This adventure that we are on is an adventure in several different ways. One is that God has called us to uniquely settle ourselves into a community that has a load of churches. Uh, in fact, it's funny, uh, as we were getting ready to do this, I did kind of a, a mock interview with uh, Travis, Pastor Travis at Radiant. And he said, Jeff, um, you're planting a church in Visalia where there's like... 400 churches in Visalia. Why would you do that? Let me help you understand and frame this up for you. If every church of every denomination and style who calls on the name of Jesus Christ from every place in our community was full at every opportunity there was a service available, we would still, with the current capacity of our churches in this community, only hit about 10% of our community, people who could attend a church and be part of a community of believers. So yeah, we needed another church. Yeah, God has called us to do something different. God has called us to do something unique, like meet on Sunday nights. Um, this morning, I got a chance to mostly lose my voice at soccer games. At 8 o'clock a.m. and 2 o'clock p.m. this afternoon, I coached under 12 girls soccer. And we are coming up and devising ways that you can be involved in this community and then drag people with you into the presence of Jesus Christ. And that's what we want to do. I don't want to be huddled up on a Sunday morning, locked in a room with people who like Jesus, while 10,000 people are sitting at a sports park uh, proclaiming the good name of soccer. I want to figure out a way to go and jump right in the big fat middle of them and yell out and proclaim the goodness of Jesus while we kick some butts. And it's so much fun. And it's so good. And it's so great. And you watch little girls light up with the joy of feeling confidence and understanding truth. And then they have a coach and an assistant coach and parents that pray over them and encourage them and strengthen them. And you think to yourself, as all those kids climb back in their car, maybe today, maybe for these few hours, maybe this was a break from their life. Maybe this was the safest place that they get to have throughout the course of the week. And you get a glimpse at the Father heart of God. So that's who we are, and that's what we do. And when I talk about stuff like that, I come from a perspective and, and I give you a little glimpse into what it looked like to be John at this point of his life, writing these books, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, right before the big book of Revelation in the, in the New Testament. John published these books and they kind of are, are small pamphlets, if you will, of the things that he wanted people to know. I've referred to John as Grandpa John, because at this point he'd have been well into his 90s as he's writing these things. And, and one thing I love about grandpas, one, they don't get scared by much. But the other thing about a grandpa, is he can say whatever the heck he wants to, right? 
And, and one thing I love about a grandpa too, I don't know about you, but my grandpa used to do all kinds of inappropriate things like at the kitchen table, right? And, like, ah. and you're like, well, grandpa, he's like, hey, it was good. Right? And you're like, you know what it was. I, I can't fight that, right? And, and you can kind of do things. But then additionally, grandpa can tell you stuff that nobody else can. And that's what, what John was ready to do. And that's what he wanted to do with these books. And the point that we're at is in 1 John chapter 5. And I'm going to have them on the screen, but if you've got a real paper Bible, this would help out too, okay? Especially, and maybe you have a, an, an app or something that you like to use. This is great. Use all these things. Take notes. Take advantage of the things that are out in front of you, whether it's a paper Bible or an electronic Bible or a notepad or whatever. One of my favorite things that we instituted in our student ministries is kids would bring their Bibles and a notebook. Because I studied all week. Please take notes on something. Because you'll go home and be like, wow, he said nice things. What did he say? I don't really remember, but he said nice things. So I want to encourage you. Write some things down as the Lord puts them on your heart. Not because I, I figured them out or because I said it so flashy wise, but because God might want you to carry on with this. Okay. So with these things in mind, we're going to go into the first, uh, first John chapter 5 and take on what this section of scripture has. Now, I'm going to warn you. In these 12 verses that we're going to read, and we'll read them off of the screen and, or in your, your uh, books there that you've got. The NIV version is the version we're using tonight. But as we read those, it might get a little confusing. It's okay. Alright? Uh, we'll walk back through it a little bit, explain a little bit, and then go eat some good food. And if you're super confused, food always helps that. Alright? So with that in mind, let's put this up on the screen and I'm going to read this passage of scripture uh, with you. Um, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God. By loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God. To keep his commands and his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. And the three are in agreement. We accept human testimony, but God's testimony is greater. Because it is the testimony of God, which He has given about His Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God. Accepts this testimony. Whoever does not believe God has made him out to be a liar because they have not believed the testimony God has given about his son. And this is the testimony God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life, whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. So Grandpa John puts it pretty clear for us that there's a few things that are required 
for salvation. If you want to be a believer and if you want to be saved, there's a few things that are of utmost and key importance. And we'll just take that back through, and I've got to turn here because I had it on my fancy screen. But from the very beginning of this, he was really clear when he just proclaimed that God is love. That everyone who believes that Jesus is Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. The first and most key thing that we need to understand is that Jesus is everything. He's everything. I remember we were doing a Bible study that we still continue to do um, over uh, at one of our restaurants, the Bravo Farms restaurants, and several people received Christ over a short period of time just in our little community there. And my friend Kendall, who's on the computers back there, um, yeah, you can see him throwing up the peace signs. Kendall came and he said, Jeff, I just need to, I need to work some stuff out with you. I said, okay. So we spent some time talking. And he said, here's the thing. I get Jesus. Like, Jesus makes so much good sense. Like, you tell me about Jesus and everything inside me goes, yes, that's exactly it. And you tell me about Jesus and man, he's like, the problem I got, I got problems with God. I was like, oh boy, we got to sit down for that, right? He was like, the thing is, I don't understand this big God concept. I don't understand the global, universal, big picture of God and like how all this all works. But now you tell me about Jesus and everything makes sense. And so we began to talk about that. And, and, and John was pretty clear here. He said from the very beginning that everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. He said, here's what it is. You're going to hear about Jesus and you're going to hear what he's done and you're going to hear why he's done it. And there's going to be a lot of you who really readily your heart is ready to go and you're like, whoa, that makes sense. And there's going to be a bunch of you that go, wow, I don't get that. But the bottom line is those who are saved are under the name of Jesus Christ. And as we started talking about this, what it was apparent was that God had opened up his heart to be able to see and receive the truth that Jesus is the answer. That Jesus is our source. That Jesus is our strength. That without Jesus, there is no hope. There is no way to God the Father himself. Because God is this huge, massive incomprehensible oh my goodness like whoa and Jesus is the pathway he's that door he's the one that provides us entrance into conference with the almighty God he is our path and our truth and so as we as a church move ahead One of the things we just want to say over and over is that Jesus is everything. Like Grandpa John said, I need you to know everyone that that believes that Jesus is the Christ, they're born of God. That's what it looks like from the very beginning. It's not some, I've got everything in line. I'm at peace. I, I meditate just right. I serve here. I do there. No, Jesus is the core of it all. And as he goes on, into verse 2 he says this is how we know that we love the ch- that we love this is how we know that we love the ch- children of God by loving God and carrying out his commands 
This is love for God, to obey His commands. And this week, I had the opportunity to speak at uh, one of our local high schools. And they uh, and it's CBC. They, I'm the chaplain there at, at Central Valley Christian School. And, and uh, so I speak at the elementary school and junior high and high school. And over this last three weeks, they've asked me to speak in chapels for three weeks running about love. Now, I was like, well, love, I can tell you about love. I mean, babies, we know about love, right? Like, I was like, I, I'm talking about sexy love. I can, tell, I can tell you about dating love. I can tell you about fake love. I can tell you about true love. I can tell you about what kind of love do you want to talk about. And then I realized they were talking about love that inspires us into action. And not the kind that makes babies, but you know what I'm saying. But the love that requires uh, and, and allows us to get outside of ourselves. And so the first thing we did is, is ask the question, what is love? And everybody started singing the song and doing the head bop and all that kind of thing. And, and we talked about that and I kind of went through 1 Corinthians and this is what it means and this is what it looks through. And, and, and then uh, this week they asked me to share on the idea of God being love. And what does it mean to love God? Because as you see, when you walk out of this place tonight, there's a big uh, uh, billboard that says, love God, and love others. And one of the statements that we believe around here that is of utmost importance is that you understand everything's about Jesus. And the Bible has two main messages, love God and love others. And so this week I talked about loving God. And there's a lot of things and there's a lot of ways, but, but God's love language, if you will, is obedience. God doesn't love all the sacrifices. And, and in fact, a lot of the times when you read scripture, it, it seems like people are, are really impressed by their sacrifices. You ever done that? I don't know. Most men do this, right? You can have a wife, much like mine, who um, manages the family, gets everybody where they need to go, makes sure that the house is clean, uh, the kitchen scrub, all the meals are made, the garage is clean, they go through and they sort everything out, run a business on the side, have coffee with a couple friends, do some Bible studies, make sure everything is put together. When you come home, there's slippers and a newspaper, there's all the stuff that the kids come running to. Oh, Father, oh, great and mighty one. Your wife hasn't knocked out, right? And then you begin, you, a guy like me, I come home, I'm tired, it's been a long day. I go and I grab that tiny little trash can that's in the gas bathroom and I dump it out. And I want to make sure that there's a press clipping about this because I have done my work, right? My wife could be out repaving the entire neighborhood out there in sweat and tears. And I will find a way to make sure that she knows, by the way, I shot a pigeon off the roof and I have now cleaned up our neighborhood, right? <laughs> we do that. Why, guys? I think you should know. I have done a thing. It is very important. And what we do with God sometimes is we'll do things like this. God, don't you know what I've done for you? Like I've done big things. Like, like Andrew today, he led worship all day in the 87 plus services they have over at Visalia First. He finished up, packed up, threw down a power bar or something and showed up to lead worship with us here tonight. Tomorrow morning, he should make sure that Kim knows that he should be glorified in all the name that he truly is because he has done a mighty work for the Lord Jesus Christ, right? And when bad things tend to happen to us or just things in general, we do things like this. God, don't you know everything I've done? for you? Oh, 
I have done so much. I mean, John Van Ryan devised a way to make an archway where there was no archway in this building, right? He should be lifted up, right? This is a big deal. We put trees on walls. God, you should be glorified in all that we do. And God looks at all the things that we do of our very best effort. And he says, that's nice. Did you obey me? Well, what happened was um, I was building sound panels filled with shredded blue jean materials so that the people's voices would not echo throughout the room. And, and I lost track of time. And So have you spent time with me? Well, what you need to know is I was so busy being a good father. But, but Jeff, have you obeyed me today? See, one of the reminders that John gives us here is this is love for God. To obey his commands. See, it's hard because as Christians, we want to figure out as many loopholes as we possibly can. As a student pastor, that was one of my joys in life, was listening to the loopholes that students would come up with, right? Well, you see, I love God, and He loves me. And, uh, but it's very uncomfortable to go to parties and not have a drink or seven. And so I, <laughs> I found myself just glorifying God with cup in hand and lifting His name on high, right? Um, you know what? What happened was, I got this great job. And then they wanted me to pay taxes. And so, I didn't feel like that was really necessary. So I just, how are they going to really know what I really made? So I made sure and just, you know, we worked it out. And then I tithed an extra portion so that the Lord would find favor with me. See, it just becomes a much greater deal. You wouldn't believe the plans that people have devised that I have to sit and listen to while I am reading in Scripture, this is love for God. Obey His commands. And yet, in church, we figure out how to do anything but that, right? Like, well, really, the most loving thing I could do is... And when it all comes down to it, do you want to know what like 80-90% of pastoral counseling is? It's pointing it out in the Bible and saying, just do that. Just do that. Now, it may sound weird, but we do it all the time, right? I do it with my kids. My, my kids experience this, right? Did you take out the garbage? Well, I, I cleaned the floor mat while I was in there and I noticed there were a few things. But did you take out the garbage? Well, it was very heavy and... Uh, I tied up the bag and I made sure it was all ready. But did you take out the garbage? But dad, you need to understand, right? And I have all girls, so they cry most of the time, right? And I have no freaking clue why, right? But you hate me. Why do you hate me? I'm like, I don't know. All I know is you, like, this is not okay. This is not okay. And what do we do in our lives as well? I feel like God at times says things to our hearts and says, are you obeying me? Are you obeying me? And we go, but what you need to understand, God, is I play drums fantastically. And I have very cool spiky hair. And so you should take me as I am, right? And yes, that's Steve. Um, 
But I need you just to understand, like God doesn't care about all the stuff we do. And we keep saying this in churches across America and pipeline churches, no big like, oh my gosh, we finally caught it, right? It's not anything new. It simply is putting the word out. And he says, this is how I know you love me if you do what I say. Pipeline church, let's just do what he says. Let's not make excuses. Like when he says, don't lie, what if we just decided not to lie? Like that was at our men's group one of our first weeks, like a novel idea. Like not like, oh, I, you know what? I don't think I got that email. I'll have to, let me look. Checking my ESPN scores. Right? You know, I, I've been meaning to get back to you. It's okay to just say, you know what? I totally forgot about you. I am so sorry. And people probably won't go, oh my gosh, you're a jerk. You know, and hang up. Some of the big concepts that we have in life that God wants us to do, it's hard to do, but he's asking us, just obey my commands. And as we go on in here, there's something else that, that I want to bring up. It says, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. I have a lot more that I could add to this, but I think I'm just going to stop on this point. There are stuff that you and I face every single day. We, we face battles and we face burdens and we face things that would cause us to get tripped up. And we face things in our lives that every day want to bring us, uh, bring us down and bring us to places that are not beneficial for our lives. And everybody wants to know, like, how do I get out of this? He says this, believe in my son. Start to do the things I've told you to do. And when you read the word, just do it. And this is how you can overcome the world. This is how you can overcome those things that you feel trapped in, that you feel disgusted by in yourself. The things that you feel have, have caught you and you just can't get out. This is how you get out. Follow my son. Follow the things that I've told you to just do it, Nike. Just do it. Just do it and follow me and I will tell you, I will give you the presence of my Holy Spirit and I will give you the strength to overcome. There's no such thing as self-help. There is only help through the presence and power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. If you got a habit, if you got a problem, if you got an issue, and it may be a huge one, and it may be a small one, the only chance you or I have on getting out of this, in any way, shape, or form, is if the presence of God allows that thing to be lifted from us, and gives us the strength to endure whatever it is. When you hear people singing this song, you know, we shall overcome... That original spiritual song from the very beginning was meant that we as a people covered by the presence of God will be seen through this time. And as a church, in a community that, honestly, this community looks good. Like there's a lot of good looking stuff on the outside of this community. 
But when you get in below the surface, there's some crazy stuff in this city alone. Just ask my friend who's the police officer that was out on patrol last night. Just ask my friends who've worked in the ER or worked in the maternity wards at at the hospital and you see some crazy stuff. Just ask people who do business every single day in a community that looks good but is broken. So how do we overcome? Through the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. When people see our lives going well, when they see you overcoming, when they see you making it through difficult and dark and destructive and horrid times in life, and they see you finding your way out, they ask you, how did you do this? How did you do it? Well, what I did was I spent a lot of time in prayer. I had some really great friends and two glasses of wine every night, and that solved everything for me, right? That's the typical thing, but I'm going to tell you the truth. If anyone wants out, there's only one thing that's going to do it. That's the name of Jesus Christ. And the day that I stop proclaiming His goodness in my life and His salvation over my life is the day that I will stop growing. The Bible says, how do we overcome? By the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of our testimony. Grandpa John says, It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And if you want to know the truth, then do what I've told you. And the fruit of that will be your ability to overcome the things that so easily catch you. I want to end with this thought from Pipeline Church. When you walk around this place, you'll see some things on the wall. I want to remind you, at this place, we recognize a few things. One, you cannot do life alone. If you're in the middle of a dark time, in a bad place, or a good time, and a place of celebration, I will guarantee you, you cannot make it on your own. So we recognize that we can't do life alone, so we celebrate with a body of believers. And we get together and we share meals and we share life together and we do Bible studies and and all those kind of things. And our kids are growing and learning because we can't do this life alone. We recognize that growing people change. Think of that one. You're not the same man you were when I first married you. Well, I hope not because I was an idiot. I hope you change, right? Cindy severely classed me up, but so has God over the years. He's done some things to my life. My encouragement to you tonight would be, if you're a believer and you're here, take stock of your life and begin to ask yourself, have I been growing? Am I growing and am I changing? Because that's what God calls us to every day. Another thing is that saved people serve. When you recognize that you've been saved, that that you've been rescued, one of the things you can't wait to do is to serve other people in a capacity where they can be brought to the level, brought to understanding and brought to salvation. 
Save people, sir. If you haven't started serving, we got about 1,800 things you can do in this cool new place where we can serve and we can be a part. Whether it's walking somebody to their car at night or welcoming them in and helping them out with their little baby carrier or whatever it is that it takes for you to make sure that you're a part. Maybe you want to serve a salad on a Sunday night. Maybe you want to serve some of our kids. We had so many kids the last couple weeks in our children's ministry. We had to open up a whole nother class. So we need like 10 more teachers. We need help. There's places to serve. We believe that found people find people. So here tonight, what you saw right before I got up was a video that just illustrated some people, some people in pain, some people hurting, some people that were lost, some people that were struggling. And all of us have felt that way at some point. And when we've been found, what we want to do is we are so keenly aware of the people around us who are in the same situation we were. I have a friend um, who serves here. He's actually working with our student ministry. His name's Fernando Barrera. I'm going to talk about him because he got married last night, so he's not thinking about us at all right now. <laughs> Fernando got married and... And he's doing life. He's going to have a great life with us. He and Jade, I can't wait for him to get back from their honeymoon. But Fernando grew up without a dad. And in a room full of people, Fernando can almost to 100% correctness pick out the guys who grew up without a dad. And he's drawn to them. He says, I see the same hurts in guys like this that I've walked through. And I see the same pains and Jeff... Man, it just brings me to my knees every day. I want to serve God in a way that God has blessed me and he's brought life to me. And the same thing goes for us. Where did you get found? Because found people find people. And Grandpa John would say, people who love the Lord Jesus Christ and obey the commands of the Almighty God overcome and they make a real change. In the world. So I want to pray with you tonight as we wrap up this time. God, we come before you and I thank you for this place that you've brought us to. I thank you for the words of Grandpa John and I thank you for the opportunity we have to be here together and just talk about how awesome you are, how good the name of Jesus is, and how we are covered by the blood of the Lamb. And, and that we could allow the word of our testimony to go out and that change is made in this world because of us. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would help us every day to remember that it is our job to introduce people to Jesus and to help them become fully committed followers of Christ. That you would remind us that we are on mission to see your name made great. And would you remind us every day that it's all about Jesus. That our task and our love for you is made known when we obey your word. And may this church be marked as a church full of people who actually do what the Bible says. Let's be those people. God, give us the strength to be those people. So just as we wrap this up, I, 
I don't want to let tonight go by without giving you a chance to respond. To just begin to kind of run through your head. Maybe you, from the very beginning of this thing, something sidetracked your mind and you got caught on one of the things I was saying. And maybe that's where God started talking to you. Maybe you heard this whole thing and now you're at this point and you're like, wow. Um, yeah, I can't wait to do some community in life with these people for a long time. Praise God. But the point of this would be that God's asking us, are we people who fully believe in the name of Jesus Christ and His work on the cross? And in addition to believing it, do we go one step further and actually do what He says? Are we marked as true believers because of that? And just in your own headspace, I want to give you just a moment to commit to God whatever He's put on your heart tonight. And just speak to Him in your own heart and in your own life. God, this is where I'm at. This is what I know you want from me and I want to be yours. So just on your own, just let God know where you're at. Give Him the chance to hear from you and what He's put on your heart. thought if there's anybody in this room that has not made a personal commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ and you've been sitting here tonight and you're like Jeff it's all about Jesus and I need Jesus like I gotta get a hold of this and I gotta be part of this program I gotta jump into this thing if that's you and you want tonight to be the night that you start a relationship with the Lord or maybe You've been sniffing around it for a while. You've been living near the light, but you haven't been living in the light. And you're like, you know what? I want to go for reals into this thing. I want to do this for real. I want to pray with you. But I just want to give you a chance to to let, let me know so I can pray with you appropriately to do that. If that's you and you're saying, Jeff, I want to commit my life to Christ tonight. This would... This would be a great chance to do it. Just, would you just raise your hand and look at me so I could just know that. It may be a whole bunch of you, maybe none of you, but now would be the time. Go for it. Because I want to pray with you. I'll never let a time pass where we don't do this. Because I don't know what's held after this night. I don't know if I'll see you again. I don't know if we'll get a chance to do this again. But I want to pray a prayer with you. And then we're just going to sing a song of celebration to the Lord as we get ready to go. God, we love you. We want to follow you. We want to be people that are changing because we're growing. That are serving because we've been saved. That are finding because we've been found. And we're grateful for this community that you're drawing us into. Father, we thank you that it's all about your son, Jesus Christ. And so tonight, God, I reaffirm that you are my God. You are our God and your name and your praise will ever be on our lips. 
Father, I pray that you would be glorified and that you would be honored in all that we do from this day forward. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand and worship with us?